The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Hello! Welcome to another episode of the Expensive Words Podcast, also known as the Literary Symmetry IGTV channel. If you're watching or listening, welcome. It's good to uh, be with you again. I'm finally back from my uh, quarantine moon, 15-year delayed honeymoon, uh, to Nashville, where Travis and I went and hung out together for four days without any dogs or kids. It was pretty epic, uh, and we stayed safe. But today, I want to talk about how that trip kind of uh, tripped me up, pun intended, on the story that I was planning to write fictionally for the story boot camp. And if you remember when we left off in the story boot camp series, I had just finished uh, telling you how I was going to take my autobiographical short story and turn it into a fictional short story. And I was like, I'm going to write about Paris, and that's how I'm going to uh, incorporate my autobiographical story into my fictional short story. But then I did something. I went out and lived, and that's what happens to uh, we writers, right? We get inspired, and then we decide that we're going to go and change all of our plans, (laughs) Which is exactly what I did because we got to Nashville. I started thinking about it through the lens of the character I had already developed in the story boot camp. And if you remember, I decided I was going to write a female protagonist who's dealing with the idea of what unrequited love is. Uh, And she's completely isolated from everybody and she's on her own. And then I as I was walking around Nashville and eating hot chicken and, uh, you know, of course, with a mask on, social distancing, being very careful, um... I realized, wouldn't it be fun to write about Nashville, a place that I'm actually in and where uh, I've I've been more recently? It's been like four years since I've been to Paris anyway. So I was like, okay. I started falling in love with Nashville, which a lot of my friends are like, yeah, we're not surprised. Nashville's great. And of course, most of these friends live in Tennessee. So I was thinking about that. And every time I sat down to do something or like started walking somewhere or started reading or playing a board game, Uh, Travis and I played a lot of board games. That's one of our favorite things to do. Uh, I started thinking about this character. And in my head, the character has like a J name because I really would love to write a story with a character where the character's name is Jolene because of Dolly Parton. But I'm like, oh, man, there are so many good Jolene's out there right now. Maybe I should uh, do a different name. And I have a friend who's named Joelle, which is like my middle name, Noel, with a J. So I don't know. Maybe I'll use Joelle as a name. It's really it's a very pretty name. And I was like, okay, for this character, I'm just going to do something simple. 
And for me, that would be to write what I am, which is a white female protagonist. And um, so I am working on a project where I'm incorporating a lot of intercultural, multicultural characters. And I'm so excited. That's going to be part of my five books and five weeks insanity that I'm going to attempt in January. But so I was like, all right. So now everywhere I'm going, I'm in my head seeing my protagonist there. And I'm seeing like hot chicken dripping down her face. And I'm seeing her, uh, you know, sitting at this little tiny bar and doing um, these different things that I wanted to do (laughs) and thinking about what would it be like if I was creating a story where someone is alone on Christmas? Because wouldn't that suck? Like, you know, I've never been alone alone on Christmas. I've always been with my immediate family, which is Travis and the kids. But there have been, you know, there a lot of holidays have just been us. And so I was thinking, well, what if this student, uh, if it will, what if it's a student in Nashville and because of a problem with like her parents, you know, uh, traveling, she actually has to stay in Nashville? Or what if something happens to where she's like a research assistant and someone has to stay in and create a lab. So this is one of the things you have to do as a writer, okay? You have to think of something you want to write about, but then you have to make reasonable circumstances that create that environment for your character. Because if I was just like, well, she's in Nashville and she doesn't feel like going home and now she's super lonely. That doesn't make any sense. Because if she's so lonely and she has free access to go be with her family and they're not completely crazy, then she's going to do that. So I have to put up natural roadblocks so that she will not be able to do that. So a lot of writers will be like, well, I have this idea, but they don't sit and think about the nuance of the situation. And then they get into what I would like to call a self-inflicted writing trap where they've, they're like trying to make something seem realistic that can clearly not be realistic. And the reader will never buy into that. So you have to, before you start writing, and even for a short story, right, where uh, this is not going to be long, it's probably going to be around 3,000 to 5,000 words, that's super short. But I have to think about why would she be stuck in a place and have no access to go anywhere? And you might be saying, well, like, Kristen, what what if she doesn't have a car? What if her family hates her? What if she's an orphan? And what I would say to you if you start asking me those questions is, good, you're thinking the way a writer should think. And that's the sort of thing that you need to do for your own projects. You need to decide, okay, this is what I want to do. And then you go forward and you create a plan that creates reasonable uh, <laughs> situations for your character. and um. I know I've talked about this, you know, recently, but I just finished watching Lily and Dash on Netflix for the third time. And don't be thinking, gosh, Kristen, that's excessive. Do you normally watch TV shows three times? And I would say, no. In fact, I've only ever watched two shows three times, and that would be uh, Parks and Rec, which I rewatch every year. Actually, I think I've seen The Office three times. So I've seen it four times. So, okay, The Office, Parks and Rec, and then my family, we, every Christmas time, we watch, we re-watch Gravity Falls together because it's only three seasons. It's such good storytelling. I still laugh out loud every time. So, Alex Hirsch, thank you. You are amazing. 
And I I was like rewatching it again. And the same thing that really irritated Senna, who's my 13-year-old daughter, when we watched it together was the thing that really irritated Travis because we watched it while we were in Nashville because he hadn't seen it yet. And he's like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that with you. So I was like, yes, watching it a third time. Uh, I'm sure I will watch Ted Lasso a third time also, by the way. And that I'm going to be doing an episode of My Favorite Things in 2020. And yes, it was a dumpster fire of a year for a lot of us, most of us. Um, but there were some things that happened in 2020 that were like really amazing and some things that came out and uh, some things that I maybe they didn't come out, but I interacted with for the first time. So I didn't have any favorite new release books this year, which is sad. I wish I could say, uh, oh, no, wait, I did have one, but I'll talk. So I'm going to talk about my favorite books, my favorite shows, my favorite movies, and my favorite writing things that came out this year in an episode called My Favorite Things. So you can stay tuned for that one. But I'm definitely going to talk about Lily and Dash in that. Uh, and this is a spoiler. So if you don't want to be spoiled and you want to go watch Lily and Dash without knowing what really annoyed both my daughter and my husband, just to pause this and come back to it later. But um, so the thing that's really irritating is that the parents seem like total jerks. Like Lily's parents seem insane. And I was like, no, it kind of makes sense. Like I really wanted it to make sense. But both Travis and my daughter were like, no, it's not a compelling enough reason for them to desert their daughter during Christmas while they know that the grandfather's also leaving to go to Florida, like leaving her completely alone with her really cranky uh, brother for Christmas seems like the absolute worst idea because they know she's going to be super depressed. And then you find out all these other things, which I, I, I tried to convince them meant that it wasn't a plot hole, but both Travis and Xena were like, nope, nope, not having it. And one of the things that I liked about that was Xena was like, I cannot imagine real parents ever behaving in this way. And I was like, okay, well, that means I'm not crazy, right? That means that I, like, do reasonable things with her to where she's all, this is so unreasonable. I can't imagine any parent doing this. But so they, like, leave their daughter to go to Fiji. Like I said, this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. Like, this is a straight-out spoiler. They leave their daughter to go to Fiji, and they say they're going on, like, a, a honeymoon since they never got to go on one, which... I thought it was fun because I just went on a honeymoon that I never got to go on 15 years late, but it was still awesome. Quiet, restful, all the things you would want. And um, so they go, and then you find out later that her dad's been unemployed for a full year. And this is kind of sketchy in the film. I wonder what it's like in the book. Um, I mean, in the TV series. But he's basically been unemployed, and he's been doing contract work for a year, and he doesn't have any money, and they want to suddenly move out of their grandfather's house. And they haven't told Lily that her dad lost her job. And so they're telling her all of these things at once, including this, like, fact that, um, oh, by the way, we're moving to Fiji in a week. So it's just insane. And... It, it's not, I really wanted it to be reasonable, but it's not. And so that's why I'm telling you, like, if you haven't thought through the circumstances that are going to lead to your plot being what it is, you're in trouble if you start writing without knowing that. And that's why I'm like, okay, so why on earth would, uh, you know, Joel, we'll say, why would Joel be stuck in Nashville for Christmas 
to where she has no access to get to her family and they don't have access to get to her. And one of the things that I'm tired of writing at this point is uh, unhealthy parental relationships. Uh, I'm, I have a whole series where that's one of the main themes and it's, I'm just tired of it. I don't want to. So in this story, I'm not touching that. And also remember that my inspiration for the basis of this story came out of an autobiographical story about a parent who's, who was amazing, my father-in-law. And so I'm like, okay, (sighs) this is the process though. You see how like you might have one idea and then it starts twisting. And then as you start planning, you realize, you might realize that there are holes And that you don't want to write about something right now. So you kind of shift the focus. And so that's what I'm doing. And so this week, I will be writing this short story where you're going to read about a character who I already love so much. I can't wait for you to meet her. When I think about her, you know, I'm happy. And that's that's basically where you want to get to as a writer to where you're so excited about the characters. And I've been thinking a lot about Pepper too, who's the protagonist in the first book of the five books in five weeks project that I'm working on. And I've already started writing that book in my head. And that's where you want to get to. And if you're like, Kristen, this is boot camp. I don't have time for that. I would say that, uh, and I know that a lot of successful authors do this, including Margaret Atwood, just write down um, a, a tiny scene from the character's perspective and see whether or not you start thinking about them and liking them. And that only takes, a you know, that takes like 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and then you can think about it for a whole day. And for me, I usually am like in the mood to start writing the character at that point. If I have my character uh, sheets and I have my like a little intro that I've written in their voice and I've already written the introduction for Pepper because I love her and I'm thinking about her all the time. And I I did write part of the introduction for Jolene and this short story that I'm going to be working on and working through with you uh, when I was on my trip because I was just thinking about her so often. And that's where you want to get to where, and people are like, well, how can you write when you're uninspired? Listen, if you like the character you're writing, excuse me, you're going to feel inspired. You're going to want to be in that place where they are. And that's one of the funnest things about writing. And if you're like, well, I'm writing an unlikable character. Okay, well, you definitely need to like something about that character. Maybe you don't like everything. And I don't like everything about all of my characters either. Sometimes they do annoying things because that's realistic. Uh, and I do annoying things, and I'm sure you do annoying things. So, you know, it's not like I love being with them every second of every day, but I want to write those stories. And if you're trying to write something that you don't care about, you're going to stall out. That's what will happen because there's just, it's too long of a game to be doing something you hate. It's like working at a job you hate for 30 years and then getting laid off so they don't have to pay you retirement. That's what it's like to live in a story with characters you don't like for a year or two years or three years. I think it feels amplified. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic, but maybe not because it feels pretty awful to have to write in a space that you hate. And that's why I would recommend don't do that. And if you're like, well, my autobiographical story makes me uncomfortable and other people uncomfortable, that's fine. You can be uncomfortable while you're working on a project, but you don't want to live in a project where you hate everything. That's the difference. And that's what I'm saying. So that's like a more long-term approach. But as far as the story boot camp, you should be able to write any character in 5,000 words. Like, you should be able to stick with a character for 5,000 words. Um, But if you, you know, you're writing something that's based on 
a personal feeling, a personal um, experience that you had. So yes, that might make you feel uncomfortable, but that you should still want to write about it. Don't force yourself for this uh, boot camp to write something you hate. That's not the point of it. The point is for you to have a piece at the end that you will actually feel happy to show other people or to put on Medium or to put on Wattpad. So you need to write something that you like that you would want your name on in public. And I know a lot of people are like, Kristen, can I write in a pen name if this story is too personal or it feels uncomfortable to share my name with this uh, story publicly? And I would say, yes, that's fine. And I will do an entire episode on pen names uh, at some point. But for this exercise, this is to give you something that you can attach to your name. So don't pick a topic that you want to write about that is something you wouldn't want to put your name on online in public. Because remember, you're going to be writing this and we're going to be workshopping it in the group and uh, the Facebook group, which is called the Perfect Read Writing Group, which you can go join now if you want. But I'll, of course, post a link in one of the upcoming Story Bootcamp episodes to where you can click on it. But I'm going to be workshopping this piece with you. So when you're finished, you're going to have something polished and awesome that you can put everywhere, just like put it all over the Internet. So if you were planning on writing something that you wouldn't feel comfortable putting your name on for the fictional one, remember the autobiographical one you keep, you don't have to publish that anywhere. Uh, then I would consider before you start writing, which is going to be the next episode where we're starting the short story, the actual fictional short story, I would consider rereading your autobiographical uh, story again. And, um, sorry. And... Sorry, my friend is having a little bit of a crisis. So right after this, I'm going to have to go and message her. But um, so what I would say is rethink what your project is going to be and come up with something that's more uh, generic or less terrifying to write about because the goal is to have a public piece that's out for the world to see your awesome writing at the end of all this. So I'm going to be writing about a girl named Joelle who's alone in Nashville on Christmas, and I've still got to <laughs> fine-tune how to deal with why she's alone, but I'll do that. And then uh, in the next episode of the Story Bootcamp series, I'm going to read you the introduction to that story. I'm going to walk you through my process of how I started it. I'm going to show you how to get how to how to get the reader on board within the first paragraph of your story every single time. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, so stay tuned on the podcast. Have a really amazing rest of your day. And remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer, and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>